and Galatians 6, 9, and 10. I'm going to read. 2 Thessalonians 3, 13. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Galatians 6, 9, and 10. From NLT. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. Minister to us. Deposit your counsel into your spirit. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name and we take victory. Every critical spirit be stilled and Christ's name magnified. To Jesus be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. Today's title is Don't Give Up Doing Good. Don't give up doing good. Praise God. This is the fourth in the series. I believe that you remember the first one was don't give up on your calling. Don't give up on prayer. Don't give up on faith. And today we look into don't give up doing good. Praise the Lord. What comes to your mind when somebody says do good? All of us have a unique thought that would come to our mind when someone says something about doing good. You could do good by not being good. Did you know that? You don't necessarily have to be good to do some good. But as God's people... God wants us to be good and do good works as well. Praise the Lord. Interesting when you take into consideration that Paul is writing to both these churches. The first reading that we read, the church in Thessalonica, which was a model church. Thessalonica, the church, was a model church. Paul writes and appreciates and admires so much of their good qualities. Their work of faith, their labor of love, and their patience of hope. So many good things to write about them. It was a model church. But to the model church also, when he writes the second epistle to them, he's telling them, hey guys, you know, don't get tired of doing good. Praise the Lord. But then you have the church in Galatia. Writing to the Galatians, he has so many things to say. To them, he is telling, don't get tired of doing what is good. Just at the right time, if you keep on doing it, if you keep on pressing, at the right time, you will reap a blessing. Praise the Lord. 
So don't give up on doing good. Today, the word for our church is also, don't give up on doing good. If you keep on doing good, one of these days, the blessings are going to be manifested in your life. So we want to start by asking ourselves, when Paul writes, do good, what does he mean? How would you define good? Well, this is how I would like to define good. Then we will look into what Paul says. I want to start by reminding us, God is good. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Our God is good. Praise the Lord. It is the nature of God, character of God, an attribute of God is what? God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And this good God wants his people to be good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And about this good God, Apostle Paul puts it like this, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. In him there is no variation. He does not change like shifting shadows. So number one, God is good. Number two, this God gives good gifts. Praise the Lord. The gifts that this God gives is also good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three, I want to remind you this morning is you and me, we are cut out to do good works that God who is good, that God who gives good gift has already pre-planned it for us. Okay, so God is good. He gives good gifts. And this God who gives good gifts has pre-planned good works that you and I should saturate ourselves in. Immerse ourselves in the good work that God has pre-planned for us. Who says this? Well, the Bible says, Paul writing to the Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Again, the gift is a good gift. Praise the Lord, lest any man should boast. Then when he comes to the verse 10, this is how he puts it. For we are God's masterpieces. God's workmanship. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am God's masterpiece. Praise the Lord. No matter what you feel about yourself, how you feel about yourself, what everyone is saying about you, you need to know what the Bible says about you. The Bible says you are God's 
masterpiece. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know about, about you, but when I read what, what God says about me, that I am his masterpiece, I am his workmanship, it gives me a boost that I need in my life. And why is it that he has made me a masterpiece? Paul puts it like this. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good works, the good things he has planned for us long ago. Wow, wow, wow. Good God who gives us good gifts equips us with good gifts has planned a good work for us and he's saying that I want you to immerse yourself in that good work. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. And Paul is saying, listen, after all these things, after having all these things in place, you and I can get weary in doing good. That's what the Bible says. So now, within the context of what Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, Galatians, this is what man, well, this is what comprises of all the good that he's expecting them to do. Now, this is very important. We have in our mind that all the good works, but what does the Bible say is good work in this particular? particular context writing to the church in Galatian what is the good work that Paul is expecting them to continue to do good without getting tired check this out I don't know if we will ever put these as good work in our bucket of good works Listen, Paul in Galatians chapter 5 and 6 puts them all together and 6 concluding. He throws them all together in one bucket and calls it the good works. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what was expected of the church in Galatia. Praise the Lord. Love your neighbor as yourself is a good work that they should do. Keep up in step with the Spirit by manifesting the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Practice church discipline by restoring those who have fallen. Bear one another's burden. Examine yourself in the light that one day you will stand in the judgment seat before the judgment seat of Christ and do the things that are approved of God. Expel those who are agitating the body of Christ. Provide material support for those who instruct in the faith. In other words, summarizing all these things together puts it in the bucket of good works. He's saying, this is the good work that you should continue to do without getting Tired. Praise the Lord. Listen, generally speaking from the scripture, what is a good work? There is nothing more 
good than sharing the good news of Jesus. Praise the Lord. When you share the good news of Jesus, that is doing the good work. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing more than that. Hallelujah. Fulfilling any God-given assignment diligently is doing God's good work. Praise the Lord. If you are serving, if you are sharing, if you are ministering, if you are giving, that is also good work in the scripture. Praise the Lord. So if these are all good works, these works itself, these good works itself should propel us, should give us an encouragement. But even when we are doing these good works, we can get weary and tired. Praise the Lord. That's possible. That's why to both these churches, Paul is saying, hey guys, don't get tired of doing good. Praise the Lord. What can make us tired? Praise the Lord. What can make us weary in life? Just think in generally. What can make us weary in life? As we continue to do these good works, what can weigh us down? What can pull us down? What can tire us and call and, and come up with this mindset? Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, when you press on with the work of God, there can be small stumbling blocks here and there that hinder our progress and our results. Then there will be people around us who are ungrateful, who are unworthy in their mindset. Praise the Lord. Then there will be a vast number of people with their needs pressing on us. The sheer number of needs that can come to us, the volume of the good work that can come to us can wear us down. Praise God. In Christianity, in the spiritual circle, the reward for service is more service. If that's what it is, then you do good work. Praise God. You get more opportunities, more opportunities, more opportunities when you minister, when you share, when you give, when you serve, you get more opportunity. The sheer volume of good works opportunity that comes to you can wear you down. When you see those, the warmth around us, praise the Lord, becomes damp and cold. That can wear us down. Praise the Lord. Yes, sometimes when you do good, people don't return good for good. They have an ungrateful attitude. Those things can wear us down. The other day I was talking to somebody in our church who are involved in doing good works. Within the conversation, the conversation come, came where they picked up two, two siblings who were poor and downtrodden, paid their education, saw them through college and they were these two were 
were so grateful. They kept contacting them. They kept contacting them. And they said that every time that they called, their, their voice were filled with love. Their voice were filled with, with, with gratitude. Then one day it came. They graduated from their courses. They were done with their school. Then they had an opportunity to go abroad and, and, and to be gainfully employed. And they needed financial assistance for that. The family in our church, they paid them through that also. And after going abroad and after being settled in good position, making good and hefty pay, they never heard from there ever again. Do you know what that can do to a person if they are not motivated by Christian love and Christian principles? It can weigh them down. It can make them angry and bitter. But not the family in our church. They kept on doing the good work. What am I saying? You can find so many such people who take advantage of the good works and the good heart of God's people. And once they have used them, they cast them to the side and they press on with life. This can happen to us and it can put a dampening spirit upon us so that we can, don't want to do any good work. If any one of you is contemplating on calling off good works because of your not so good experience from people who have gained from your benevolence and generosity, this morning the word is for you. Do not grow weary in doing Good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul's message to them is very simple. He's saying, don't give up. Praise the Lord. Don't give up doing good. Again, coming to the context, writing to this church in Galatia. Praise the Lord. To the church, to this episode, Galatians, we see the church was also facing Another struggle, praise the Lord. As you read that scripture, care, scriptures carefully, you will understand one of the challenges that the church was facing at that time, there was tension brewing between two factions or two, two thought processes. One was a group of people who believed in legalism. Another group of people, they celebrated liberty. So one per one group of people, they were pushing and pressing and they were what you call as legalistic. And so we see the church is caught in a crossfire between those who promoted legalism and another group of people who promoted liberty. Praise the Lord. The people who promoted legalism they wanted to bind everybody down with outward expectations and performance legalism promotes strict code behavioral code when you live by those code faith is not employed Rather, what happens is you make decisions based on heard approval. Making decisions based on 
heard approval. Praise God. We are much used to the term herd immunity in this pandemic. In churches, people can experience, they look for a nod for a herd approval. Praise the Lord. And that's what legalism can do. On the other extreme is people who promote liberty. Praise the Lord. You know, in Intentionally obliterating every taboo and every standards that have been set in the name of liberty. Liberty is good. We are all for liberty. But if liberty is only pleasing just me and mine, praise the Lord, our own personal needs and desire, then we need to check ourselves. When one lives by doing what is right in only their eyes, according to their whims, wishes, and desires, that person does not reference the heart and the plan of Jesus for our lives. It's very interesting that both the people who promote legalism and people who promote liberty, they use Jesus as their icon. They use Jesus as their model. People who use, people who claim they are legalistic, they take Jesus and they will pull out every verse from the Bible and will show you how Jesus stood fast to traditions, how Jesus stood fast on everything that the law said. Now, people who promote liberty will take the same Jesus and they will, they will prove you from the scripture how Jesus was radical and he was willing to break down every taboo, every standards that this religion Religious leaders have, have raised both of them, use Jesus as an icon to promote their own ideology. Interesting, isn't it? But neither of them are successful in emulating the character of Jesus and impacting their practice life that is played out at home, at work, at school, at college, at the church, wherever they are. Praise the Lord. We are not promoting legalism or liberty. There has to be a balance and the balance is determined by the scripture. In the name of legalism, we cannot become very rigid. In the name of liberty, you cannot break down every boundary walls. Praise God. The scripture says, before you, before you move a boundary stone, praise the Lord. Be careful, hallelujah. Well, because we need to ask ourselves why those boundaries were set in the first place. The church in this particular part of the, of the scripture, they were going through their own experience. They had begun well in the spirit, but now they were in danger of losing their first love. Praise the Lord. They were being diverted from their service to the Lord and their witnessing by petty 
bickering that was brewing in their lives. To these fatigued and tired, weary, exhausted Christians, Paul is saying, let us not become weary in doing good. Praise the Lord. What a beautiful example in the Bible we see of a person who was not tired of doing good. The Bible talks about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was involved in building the broken down walls of Jerusalem. Man was highly placed. He was a he was the cupbearer for the king. He was highly placed, secured in a place. But he comes down because his heart was broken because of the broken walls of Jerusalem. And he comes to Jerusalem to build the broken walls as he undertakes this Herculean task before him. He gets challenges from all the side. Sanballat, Tobiah, praise the Lord. Gershem, the Arab, all these guys and these, the rulers around them sends out messages after messages telling him five times to come and meet them. And Nehemiah responds to them by saying, listen, I'm not gonna stop this great work and I am not going to come down. Look at this man. The man has a sword on his side and a spade in his hand. Praise the Lord. Every, every person who is working for the Lord, praise the Lord, regardless of what you do for the Lord, whether you're serving, ministering, sharing, giving, no matter what you do, whether you are administering or doing help, whatever you do, remember the model that Nehemiah is, a sword on his side and a spade in his hand. And praise God, hallelujah, a work equipment that will keep the work moving and a defensive and an offensive, praise God, hallelujah, arm or a weapon to keep them safe to, so that they are not thrown away from what God wants to do in their lives, hallelujah. We as children of God, we are involved in good work. Just because we are involved in good work, every God-ordained work, every God-assigned work is a good work. There will be challenges, hindrance that comes against that work. Praise God. When that, when that happens, you and I ought to take the posture of Nehemiah, sword on the side, and spade on the hand. Praise God. Pressing on with the assignment that the Lord has given us. This morning, you and I ought to be motivated by certain facts that the Bible calls us so that when we do get weary, we will not call it off, but we will press on with the good work that God has called us to do. Praise the Lord. What is the motivating factor? I want to present to you two or three points that will help us to be motivated. Number one, when we get tired and weary, look to Jesus. Look to our God. Praise the Lord. Our model of consistency and untiring 
untiring person is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We said God is good and his gifts are good and he has ordained us to do good works. Praise the Lord. I want you to focus, look at that God. This is how Isaiah puts it in Isaiah 40 verse 28. This is how he puts it. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not, does not, or does not faint or grow weary. Praise the Lord. God who is good, God who gives us good gifts, God who has pre-planned good works, uh, good works, this God does not get weary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What does that mean? The next part talks about how those who wait on this God shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings of eagle. They will soar into new heights. Praise God. They shall run and they shall not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. Why? Praise God. God doesn't get weary. We can get weary and tired. So when we wait on the one who does not get tired and weary, what he does is he releases his power, his endurance into us so that you and I can soar into new heights, run and walk and reach the destiny, the mark that God has placed for us. Praise the Lord. Look at Jesus. The Bible says, even when he knew that the storm was brewing in the horizon, he could just simply look and he knew what was happening around him. The Bible says, Jesus set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem and he continued to Jerusalem knowing that what awaited for him was a cross but knowing that was the good work that he had come in this earth to do so that he can also praise God make you and I beneficiaries recipients of the good gift that comes from above what did he do he pressed on into Jerusalem to finish the task that was at hand and once and for all give a new definition to what is God praise God hallelujah next motivation is what Paul says Paul is saying listen don't get tired of doing that is good because if you continue in it there is a time coming hallelujah when you will reap a blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number one, we said the motivating factor is God himself, Jesus Christ. The next motivating factor is he's saying that, listen, keep in mind, don't grow weary in doing good. If you continue, there is a sure 
time of blessing that is ordained by God. Hallelujah. An opportune time. A due season. Praise the Lord. What is this opportune time? What is this right time? It is not just simply any time, but a time that is ushered by God himself in response to our action, in response to what God is calling us to do. Praise the Lord. It's a time ordained by God in response to the obedience of God's children to the word of God. Hallelujah. Listen, when you realize that there is a time set by God himself when there is going to be a reward that comes our way that should create within us an excitement and a hope to press on. Praise the Lord. When we realize that God is going to order a proper time and the word that is used there is the kairos time of God. What is the kairos time of God? It is God's timing. Praise the Lord. You and I move with the chronos time but there is a kairos time the Kairos time doesn't go with the Kronos time. Praise the Lord. Kairos time is God's timing. And when you're doing the good work, which is God's work, God assures a Kairos moment of award and a reward and a blessing that comes our way. So you don't want to pull out. You don't want to get out of the race. You don't you want to press on because there is a chaos moment ordered by God. Paul uses the imagery of agriculture here, talking about sowing and reaping. A farmer sows and he reaps. To a certain extent, he knows when he can reap, when the farmer sows, he knows that he's, he's functioning within a time period. Praise the Lord. There is an incubation time between the sowing and the reaping. And to an extent, the farmer knows if he sows at this time, when he can expect a harvest. Praise the Lord. Of course, there could be challenges in between, challenges of pest, challenges of insects, challenges of bad weather, all these things taken into consideration. He has a time frame in his mind when he can expect a harvest. But the challenge in the spiritual world is difficult and different. The greatest frustration that the children of God who is involved in God's good work is they expect results in within certain time frame when they don't see results within time, within the time frame that is in their mind. They would want to call it off. Praise the Lord. And one of the reasons for weariness in well-doing, in doing good, is the inability to calculate the spiritual outcome of faithful labor towards the cause of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. For this reason, we ought to be cautious about what? Cautious about the visible results. We want to see results. 
When all of us wants to see results. Well, let me tell you. In the spiritual world, you cannot put a time for results. If you do, it might come before the time that you have set. And when that happens, we are joyful. But when our timetable is ruffled and our schedule is messed around and God overwrites our Kronos timetable with Iskeros timetable, you and I ought to be still in the game, still in position, position yourself for the Kairos moment of God. Praise the Lord. Predictables, visibles are what we want. God doesn't have to work with our table. Praise the Lord. He has promised us his word. You know what he says? Cast your bread on the waters. After many days, it will come back to you. Cast your bread upon the waters. And he doesn't say when, but he says after many days, it will come back to you. Praise the Lord. So don't stop. Continue to cast your bread on the waters. Continue to doing good. Don't get tired of doing good. Even when you don't see results. Even you don't see results manifesting before you and becoming a reality. Continue to do so because you and I are banking on the word of God. Hallelujah. Paul says if we continue to do good at the proper Per time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, don't give up. If you don't give up, we will reap a harvest. Praise the Lord. We will reap a harvest. We want to be around when we reap the harvest that we've been sowing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. At times, it is very discouraging. Discouraging to sow when we don't see results. That's why the Bible is saying, continue to sow and wait for the timing of God. Praise the Lord. The next verse, 10th verse, is important. It gives us, it sets the stage or the scope of where, how, how, how where we should sow. Praise the Lord. This is what it is calling for. To do good, to do, to do, to do good. To who? Praise the Lord. Look what the word says. You know, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, praise the Lord, look for an opportunity to do good. Look for an opportunity to do God's work. Look for an opportunity to do the good work. Whenever, 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 praise the Lord, we have the opportunity. We should do good to number one. Everyone, turn to your neighbor and tell everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So, Paul is saying, Listen, your arena where you can do good is everyone. 
do good to everyone but there is a priority what is the priority to those who are in the household of faith praise the lord hallelujah praise the lord so he sets the venue for us where we can do good one is what to everyone but the priority is what to those who are in the family of god praise the lord if we don't do if we don't give up praise the lord one day you and i will experience a bumper harvest why because the bible says so praise the lord look around and see where how you can do good works that will reflect the goodness of our good heavenly father praise the lord hallelujah one day a farmer was working in the field as he was working in the field he heard a cry he ran to the place where where the, where the cry had come out and he saw a boy that was sinking into a small swamp the the farmer reached out to the boy delivered him rescued him brought him to his home washed him up cleaned him up and sent him home did not even bother to ask who he was he just did what he was supposed to do and sent him home the next day right in front of the farmer's house came a came a, a very luxurious chariot driven by so many horses and out of that carriage came out a very aristocrat looking rich man who stepped out of that carriage and he came to the door of this farmer knocked at the door and he said i have come to thank you personally yesterday you saved my son's life i am ever indebted to you the farmer just simply nodded the rich man looked at him and said please tell me i want to reward you the farmer looked into the man's eyes and said i did not do this for any reward when i did it i did not expect a reward now that you are before me i don't want a reward for it praise the lord hallelujah the man insisted on a reward the farmer insisted on no reward praise the lord sometimes the good work that you do no one can reward you for that good work because that work is so enormous praise the lord hallelujah that favor cannot be returned i was in a conversation with someone and they were saying how someone reached out to them and helped them and changed the very course of their destiny and in this conversation one said to two praise the lord i am ever grateful to you both hallelujah for what you have done i can never repay it back even if i were to shower you with expensive gift i realize that i cannot redeem that time and that i cannot return the favor back to you too that is the reality of doing good works that is connected to a good father when this man insists the farmer's son walked by and the rich man said i want to send your son to school would you please allow me to do it the farmer allowed the 
the, the rich man to put his son through the school. The rich man took this farmer's son and put him through the same royal school that his son went through, pushed him through the education process. The farmer's son studied hard, became a doctor and got involved in research. After some time working hard in research, he was the one who discovered or came out with the antibiotic penicillin Alexander Fleming, praise God. Doing good works can always give us a reward. After working for some time, the rich man's son got sick one day. You might think that this is a made up story. This is not a made up story. The rich man's son got sick one day and was on his deathbed. This Alexander Fleming approached the rich man and asked his permission to administer penicillin, which was in a stage of trial. Praise the Lord. The rich man had no other option, allowed him to administer penicillin to his dying son. His son recovered. Later on, he became the prime minister of England, Winston Churchill. You and I might not be involved in such dramatic realities of life, but you and I can make a difference in someone's life by simply being good to them. Praise God. Doing the good work that God has assigned us to do. Fulfilling our assignments and our responsibility that God has given us. Praise God. When we serve a good God, you have a good heart. Out of the goodness of a good man's heart comes good things. Praise God. Out of the goodness of a good man's heart comes good things. When you are connected to a good God, only good things can come from your heart and may goodness flow from our heart and may you and I not get tired and weary when you and I do get tired and weary. Go into his presence and tell him you do not get tired. You do not get weary and your word promises that those who wait on God shall renew their strength. So I want my strength to be renewed. If you're tired, famished and giving, ready to give up this morning, look to Jesus who was a Lent, look to Jerusalem and continue the journey so that you and I become recipients of the good gift that Jesus gives. Hallelujah, folks. So do not get weary in doing good. Make sure you're investing your time, your energy, your resources, your abilities in things that would come back for you. Praise God. Even if you don't see it here, today, now, the Bible promises, God's word promises that one day, praise God, if you don't give up in God's timing, there is a payday coming. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Every Friday may be a payday for you. Every other Friday may be a payday for you. But let me tell you, connect yourself to the Kairos moment of God. God is faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. He will come through for you. God is not unfaithful to forget the work that you've been doing for him and that you continue to do for him. He will come through for you. So don't give up in doing good works. Eyes closed. Hallelujah. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. God's people, for a moment, will you look up to the Lord who is good and tell him, Lord, help me to wait for the Kairos moment of God. Say, Lord, thank you for the Kronos moments. But give me the patience and the endurance to wait for the Kairos moments of God. If we don't give up, if we don't give up, God's opportune time will come when he will release the blessing on you. And when that happens, Lord, we want to be there. Thank you, Lord. Would you commit yourself to him?